And you're welcome to Wade In, where, as you all know by the stage, listeners, we are not prone to hyping horses or getting carried away by performances on the track. Nevertheless, what we saw from Luxembourg on Saturday was the greatest two-year-old performance in the history of horse racing. Ken Blake, how are you? <laughs> Excellent, Hugo. Bank holiday Monday. Where would you rather be? Uh, bank holiday over here, but not over in Tony Calvin's world. Is that right, Tony? No, no bank holiday? No, every Monday's a bank holiday here when you do as little as work as I do. You, you let me you let me badly down there, Hugh. I was I was, I was given a, I was estimating about half a second for you to say the pub, but you let me yep. down. All, all I can do is tee him up. I can't make you knock him down. This will be a ten minute podcast. My point is waiting for me as we speak, lads. So get on with it. None of, none of your rambling, lads. Right, just keep it short and snappy. Look, we we, we kick off, um, I guess, with Luxembourg, lads, because um, and I'm not just saying this because uh, I put him up uh, a really well thought out nap at very short price. That Tony Calvin absolutely loves those. But Kevin, I thought it was very good what he did. Considering the ground, he just cruised into the race and he, he looked a winner a long way out. Yeah, you'd have to really like him, Hugh, because the, the race didn't really go for him. Um, I, I gather there was a headwind there and like just the way the race panned out in front of him, Ryan kind of had to break cover way earlier than he would have wanted to. He probably got there sooner than he wanted to. Horses had a bit of a dust in front, I suspect, but he never really looked like being beaten. Um, so yeah, you, like considering all the things we touched on on Friday, you know, stable form being the, the kind of the red flag, um, you'd have to be delighted. You really would. Um, you know, um, Suzuki was ran a cracker in second. Headwind again, a bit of an issue. Bayside boy, maybe a bit better than the bare form, was locked up and behind them. But what Luxembourg did was very, very good. And it stamps him as a potential tip topper, Hugo. Yeah, it does. And like Tony, again, you know, we actually try and put some kind of a, a measured tone on this one because the, the criticism that I did, not criticism, the measurement was, well, look, you know, was it was it a, a vintage virtuality renewal? Was the quality actually that good if people are going to pick holes in him? Can you pick holes in him or are you happy to just take it on his merits? I thought there was a lot, a few negatives about him, as I said, on racing only better on Friday going into the race, you know, stable form, the head carriage, Mm. unknown ground, um, the price. Uh, and I actually did think he was in a little bit of trouble two out, but but he, he, he found a lot better than I thought he would do in, in, in what was a relative test of speed uh, on, on bad ground. So, yeah, I was... I was a I was a, I was a disbeliever going in, in in some respects, but I come away from that thinking we've just seen a very very good horse. He's eleven to two for the Guineas now. He's fourth for the Derby, um, and you can see why. As from a form perspective, he, he, obviously it's not a standout, but I think it stacks up well enough against the likes of Native Trail and Caribus. And uh, yeah, man, given the given the pace he showed in the Berryford, the, the, you know the quickening up there and and how he got it done at Doncaster, I think. I think the Guineas is sixes for the Guineas is very fair. I thought people yeah. might go a bit more. I thought of Guinea. I thought people might go a bit more silly and shorter for the Guineas uh, than the eleven to two and sixes that is available. So yeah, I was um, yeah I was suitably impressed. I put up on our WhatsApp group, Kev, um, you know what price for the Triple Crown next year. I did see Tony Mullins actually subsequently on Twitter. Um, saying that he, as far as he's concerned, Luxembourg reminds him of Nijinsky. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not out of the question that he could go into the trip. Obviously, we're a long way out, but he seems to have a, a, enough pace for the mile, enough stamina for the derby, and then sure, who knows after that? Well, now, in fairness, Tony Mullins would be known for hyperbole, right, right there upside <laughs> you, I reckon. You. <laughs> Me and Tony get on uh, well, I think. <laughs> but you look, you never know. Look, if you, if you can if you can stay at a mile and a half, and you, you'd strongly suspect he'd stay a mile and a half based on his pedigree, um, you, you never know after that. You know, class will carry a horse an awful long way. 
Um, and in fairness to the cool more lads, they showed with, with this fella's daddy that um, you know while they're, they're cast as you know a ruthless commercial organization, which which they are, but when it comes down to you know potential history and doing something like like genuinely remarkable, they will have a crack. You know, yeah. if they had a crack with Camelot, if this fella did, and look, loads of water to go under the bridge, but if they, if he won the Guineas and he won the Derby, I'd make the lads odds on to have a go. Um, so, you know, things like that get you excited because that, that, that Camelot thing was just, you know, when you're dealing with so much history, whatever it was at the time, 40 yeah. years, was it? Will be 50 years now, I think, soon enough. Uh, would be, it might be the fifth. Oh, was Nijinsky 1972? Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah. I need to look that up. But it's... Yeah. Uh, it's it's we're in that sort of neck of the woods and you know ask anyone in the bloodstock game you know but prior to camelot it would have been a heavy odds on shot that would never ever be attempted never mind completed so look we're getting way ahead of ourselves but we are the thought of, we it, are. The thought of it would get you excited because you know yeah. we, you know that that sort of thing is special and we we, we yeah. love special things Put put the leash on us here totally calvin tell us we're, we're talking ridiculous here it's, it's miles out sure. no not at all I, I, I just i just think they've got unfinished business after obviously we remember Camelot only got mm. done by a certain uh, Al Zaruni trade Enki didn't he and, uh, we, all, we all know we all know what this what the score was there in, in that stable at the time so yeah um, it's it's all related isn't it if he goes and wins the guineas that's the you'd think that's the hardest part out of the equation wouldn't you and he's yeah. he's only a six to one poke for that so yeah I wouldn't um, uh, yeah I think I don't think it's fancy full talk no, 1917 Lijinsky was for 52 years my there god go. well wow. um, light infantry Kev well done you called it in fairness to you um, and looks like uh, Simcock has a right good one for next uh, season even talking about the classics maybe um, but yeah were you impressed enough um, but you didn't nap him of course <laughs> of course yeah if you're par for the course um, I was impressed with him actually I was impressed with him because look the concern that we talked about on Friday was that he was he clearly showed a lot of ability on debut but also showed that he was very raw and he was meeting much more testing ground in Ubery, taking on in you know a couple of horses with much more experience than him, and like it didn't really look on. It didn't to me. It didn't look on. It looked like the inexperience might just catch him out. But steadily, steadily, slowly, slowly, the penny was dropping as the race went on. Um, caused a bit of interference late on by hanging, but he was strong over the line. Um, and jeez, you'd be excited about him now, wouldn't you? I know he's, he's a very, he's a different type to some of the others that are in the mix, the Guineas pitcher, etc. But um, th- this fella looks smart, and um, yeah, we'll keep keep all involved, very warm through the winter, you'd imagine. Yeah, what did you think, TC? You impressed as well? Yeah, I mean, I said, in, like I said, in racing, I I spoke to Jamie on the on the Thursday before the race, and they were worried about the ground um, and the lack of experience in that ground. Uh, but yeah, he did it well. You know, he's got a miling pedigree. You'd think, um, you know, a Guinea's trial is going to be first up. That said, there was talk beforehand that, you know, the horse is, is for sale and the owners are apparently traders in, in that respect. So, but after the race, David Kim, Simcock said, you know, it's, you know, the horse looks like staying with him and, and going for a Guinea's trial. But money talks in this game. So if, if a big offer comes in from, from Hong Kong or wherever, you know, it may well be hard to... Um, Hard to play down, mightn't it? But uh, yeah, I mean, mm. if, if if it stays with Simcock, then uh, yeah, I, I I was I was impressed. Obviously, the form is nothing like a, a Luxembourg and stuff like that. I mean, the horse he beat Cresta has been well beaten in the Group Three beforehand. But yeah, I mean, you'd have to be impressed, and you know, it's all that horse is all about the potential rather than the bare form at the moment. 
Over there at Cheltenham then, what did you make of I Like to Move It, TC? Um, we won't talk about Hollow Ginge in case Dan is listening in and he's still getting uh, sick into his yeah. stomach. There's, oh, a, there's a question. There's, we got a question about that later anyway. We can get on to yeah. it there. Uh, right, uh, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'd like to move it to... I'm obviously a bit of an upset, really, I suppose, but... Um, yeah, he looked, I'm just watching the race back again. He did, did it pretty well. A Tritonic, I don't know, is he a bit soft? He's not the horse that I think yeah. people thought he might be. I, um, I, was, I think they'd be very happy with Tritonic there. Um, really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, it was given a, a lot to do from off the pace there. He was giving the winner eight pounds. It was his first run since Royal Ascot. Um, having having heard um, Alan King before the race saying, you know, he, he'll come on for it. But then again, they all say that, don't they, uh, before their before their reappearances. And off a mark of 142, Tritonic, it'd be interesting to see if he's targeted uh, at the Betfair Hurdle or, or a race like that. Because, no, I would be, I would be reasonably be satisfied with Tritonic's reappearance. Okay. Yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be the way that'd be the way to go with him, you know. Because geez, it's you see it again and again, you know. I know the handicapper doesn't always help these days. He goes a bit bananas with the juveniles, but um, like you, you gotta go to you gotta go down the handicap route with him, don't you? Off that sort of rating, and he'll either, he'll either sink or he'll swim. But you, you you'll have him in the right races at least, rather than running them in. Grade one. Yeah, yeah I, I was. I'm watching it back here as well. He wasn't exactly given the roughest time, Tritonic either. You know, he was kind of he was eased into it really. Like you know, he, he obviously went to try yeah. and do his best, but uh, yeah. At one point coming to the last, I thought he might pick up and and actually you know give give the winners something to think about. But yeah, giving eight pounds first run since since the summer um, with handicap targets of 142 more than feasible. Yeah, I'd, I think Alan King would be happy enough with that first run back. Yeah, and Nigel Twiston Davis said as well about I like to move it that um, they reckon he's the next the new one, which is pretty high praise. I guess given as well his former end Shelton, that kind of stacks up. So we'll we'll see what he does. And um, what about this Ken Blake? What about Plate of Zest going and winning in Australia again? Uh, well, that was a pretty pretty nice one to wake up to on Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> plate of Zest. <laughs> I, love, I, I love a plate of zest. Sounds tasty. <laughs> well, no, uh, fair. It's a massive, yeah. massive training achievement for Joseph, wasn't it? Like it's a huge. Yeah, I. I I think I might have said it there a week or two that that if it happened, it would be as sweet as anything that's happened for a long time. Yeah. It was as sweet as anything that's happened for a long time now because it's uh, well publicised kind of what's gone on there in the last six months or so with um, what Racing Victoria did and the, the, the requirements and that they brought in. And it's, you know, when the likes of Coolmore and Godolphin came out and said, we're not even going to attempt to send something there, send something to Victoria, that tells you the, the, the height of the barriers that were set up so for everyone involved to commit to it to get over all the hurdles and there's so many hurdles um, to just get him down there and then as we saw with, with Gold Trip Kieran Maher's horse being pulled out of the race just, just before it by the vets you know you're up until the last minute you're at risk of the rug being pulled out from under you so to get through all that to get into the gates and then he goes and wins <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant yeah. uh, re- really really was um, really good performance great right Johnny Allen great story as well yeah. like Johnny Allen was a journeyman jockey over here journeyman jumps jockey literally emigrated because he couldn't make a career over here as a jumps jockey he used to work for Joseph's grandfather in what's now Joseph's yard Joe Crowley on the hill and you know imagine him walking out. I, I tweeted about it at the time imagine the last day he left the hill there left Joe Crowley's you told him that someday you'll ride a Cox Plate winner down in Australia that's trained on this hill. <laughs> you know, yeah. you're talking at billions of one shot and, and it happened. 
You know, and it's just magic for everyone involved. Big, big team of lads down there with the horse that had to make a big commitment. You know, Mark Power and MJ and the lads of Bash, like they, they had to go fly down and stay in a hotel for two weeks, not leave their room before they were allowed to come out and even see a horse. You know, they've been down there. They've made a huge commitment to go down there and look after this horse. Um, so the whole way down the line, Mark Hackett in the office there, like the, the, again, these are things that people never hear about, but the logistics to organize a horse to get down there is, is just frightening. And, um, and, and that was, that's all done. And it was just, it was pure poetry. You, I, I, I honestly, my voice was gone on a Saturday and I, I'm not, I'm not a roar. I'm not a fan that gets excited watching races. I lost my head. I went bananas and then the stewards inquiry. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I'd love to have hacked into your WhatsApp, uh, in the stewards inquiry. I I bet, I bet, I bet there were some arses are quivering there, wasn't there? No, no, I thought he was gone. I I thought he was gone. Genuinely. I thought so. Watching it, watching it live. I was watching it with with my wife there and I, I literally, as they pass the line and go oh no he's edged and then you watch it and it looks relatively innocuous then you see that that rear view they had and that you know there was something there and you could make the argument if it was a nose definitely would have been gone and to be honest the longer it went on I was resigned to it being swatched and you wouldn't have taken it to your grave with bitterness if if it was swapped to be honest you could see the case genuine 50-50 and you're playing again you're playing an away game as well you know, so uh, in, in the current brilliant. climate, Kev. In the current climate, I reckon over here it would have got chucked at the moment. It could well have done. The way things are going, I, I, uh, I, I looked at that and I thought it'd be. I thought if I was betting on it, I thought it'd be twos on to be chucked out and twos to keep it. I, I, I would definitely edge towards him in, in, in being slung. Yeah, that was one thing that the, the broadcasters didn't pick up on at the time. But I noted, I read um, so, some some comments from one of the stewards that they did take into account there was slight interference. The second did slightly interfere with the first at the top of the straight, um, and they kind of took a view that it, it might have just balanced out. You know, but brave call, brave call. You know, biggest race, big, biggest Group One in Australia, biggest weight for age race in Australia. You know, I, I know it's owned, he was owned by Godolphin, but the second is a local horse. You know, there's plenty of political considerations there. And like I say, I wouldn't have been surprised or bitter if it had been a result because it was genuinely so close. But yeah, kept it. Magic. 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 Yeah. Brilliant. We, yeah, no, it's great. It's great for all involved. And look, I'm going to just kind of slightly deviate from the, the running order just to, to nip ahead, Kev. And just, I guess the questions that, or does this throw questions now about Australian racing versus... I guess, you know, European racing at the top end. Obviously, our, our good friend and Tony's old sparring partner, IC there, was on Twitter having a good old row with anybody and everybody. Before you, before you come to, before you come to, um, to Kev, I, I did actually, I, it's always nice looking at a Twitter spat that doesn't involve, yeah. doesn't involve me. I, I, I'm kind of I'm so relaxed looking at someone having a 24-hour set to, but Kev, you've got to Kev, you've got to come to Icy's rescue here because I think Tim Carroll handed Icy his ass uh, on Twitter <laughs> in, in that debate. That's true. Look, it's yeah, all about so, perspective, yeah. I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 I'm only but, saying that to wind Icy up, but yeah, but it's yeah, actually yeah. me that Icy. It was it was entertaining, though. I have to say, I was I was watching it just again. It's nice when it's not involving yourself, TC. I totally agree yeah. with you. But in terms of the wider issue, Kev, is there? I mean, what what is this? Does this win throw up any questions, or does it? How do you kind of appraise the whole thing at the moment? Uh, well, look, we could get to the, we could get to the you know the end of next year, and it all makes sense because you know what state of rest. I suppose the thing is, we we just didn't know. You know, the yeah. people involved didn't know. You don't know how good he is. You know he's improving. You know, you you think that 
you know, after he did what he did at Saratoga, you know, the thoughts immediately turned to the Cox Plate because if you can if you can spin around Saratoga there in a quick round, you think a, a race like the Cox Plate would work. Um, but you just don't know if he's good enough until you run. And in like in fairness, if you if you took State Arrest out of it, you know that Animo has looked a very good horse, a very young horse. Like he's not even three years of age yet in in real terms, and very elegant has has been a super mare. You know, so I, I'd say there's a fair possibility State of Rest has, has taken a jump forward. Um, look, it's no secret that certainly once you go beyond the mile, that the European form is is stronger than than the Australian form. Like, it's, it's not you're you're not kind of hitting and hoping, sending horses down there like that. You, you're sending them down because you think you have a bit of an edge, even after all the hurdles you have to jump and all the travel and all the quarantine. And, and all the other stuff that goes on, you hope that you still retain that edge when you run. Um, so, you know, you're going down there based on evidence and, and the evidence suggests that there is a bit of a gap there. Um, state of rest going into it, you know, was rated 115. I should, maybe he might be more like 120 after this, but, it, you know, there's an awful lot of horses in Europe rated higher than 115. Um, so, look, that that's where it is. I, think, I don't think that's, you know, I know it gets, the, the whole debate gets very parochial, etc. but I don't think... Um, anyone that's looking at the evidence would argue that there is a bit of a gap there, um, European to Oz at those trips certainly and mm. while it's not it's probably going to be exploited a little bit less now with these veterinary regulations and all the all the hurdles that are there um, I think when when horses do make it through and, and get to compete um, they'll hopefully continue to show it <laughs> Okay, um, just going back to Cheltenham then before we, we leave the racing uh, TC All Mankind won the old roan um, is this a horse you'd like? I mean would you be kind of tracking him for the season now with the skeletons? I mean obviously they think, think a lot of them but um, how do you how do you see his potential this year out of novice company? I refuse to watch any jumps race until February to get to, to, to get to get sucked into the road to Cheltenham Cheltenham Trail preview. Yeah. They've 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 already bloody started these um yeah. these route to Cheltenham stuff. But no, being serious, um, obviously everyone had him down as a bit of a two mile tearaway last year, didn't they? But yeah, yeah he was he was he was excellent off one sixty. Looked in trouble going to the second last uh, jumping. You know, pulled out a, a couple of good jumps on the last two, and you know, obviously that was in over two mile four now. So, yeah, he was. Um, if you're winning over an old Rowan off um, off one sixty, then yeah, you're you're bang up there for all the great. No, ones. you're not. No, you're yeah, not. Yeah. How how many years have I been saying a top weights lads just run these one sixty horses in the big handicap chases? You'll win them all. Just keep doing it. They're throwing in. I've been and I'm being genuine with that. They are throwing in. I know, but a lot of these, everyone was making a big deal about before midnight. I thought Sky Pirate giving him £23 ran a, ran a great race in second um, the, the day before. So, no, I, I, look, they've got to go down, the, they've got to go down the grade one routes for them, haven't they? And come here, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't fully attuned into Cheltenham that Saturday, it's a bit of a blur, but <laughs> I did. What was the crack with the rail? Like I thought, they remedied that. The, 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 you, we saw it in the in the novice chase. The horse yeah. ducking out, Sam Twist and Davis. I thought they sorted that out, and maybe it's staffing issues because I remember the, it's it's kind of a a big well, manpower was effort. There, wasn't it? It was, but it was just a, it was it was it was a, it was a tape that was set back from the natural line of the rail. Like I know, in, 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 after all the kebab there, I forget what I know. Jane Mangan obviously had had a, yeah. had a day to forget a few years ago, but they they did. There was another one I can't remember it exactly what. Maybe last year, or the year before, and they brought it. They finally brought in a new system there, whereas a bunch of people would literally carry a rail as soon as yeah, the horses were. passed yeah. them. 
and, and that was working beautifully so I don't know look we'll get on to it funny enough in the listeners questions I know race courses have everywhere staffing issues so I I don't know was it addressed was the question asked because that just seemed a, a ridiculous yeah. setup and it wasn't a shock that that um that a horse kind of thought about going down there they gotta fix that surely yeah talk about questions being asked is it is it true lads that nobody has dared ask Jane Mangan about that day since. Oh, I ask her. I ask her every every time I see her. <laughs> yeah. and she kicks me in the shin and says, "Shut up, will you? Stop reminding me of that." Uh, I don't I'll, have to, she, I'll she, have to tell her to aim a bit higher next time. Yeah, uh, she doesn't like. <laughs> she yeah, yeah, exactly. She doesn't like talking about it in general because obviously it brings back pretty much. But I mean, if you get her on, on that issue of the rail, she is very strong. That it is an absolute farce. The situation there that continues to be so, and that they haven't done something to address it. Well, it's unbelievable. Like it should have been rectified the day after that happened, Jane. You know, because yeah. we can all see why it happened. Exactly. And and it took him yonks. It had to happen a second time. I forget the horse. Some listeners will, will tweet us and let us know. It was relatively recently. It had to happen again for them to say, oh, we better go fix that. And now they've kind of reverted back to an even worse system. You know, it's not even the, the tape they have up wasn't even flush with the with the line of the running rail. Like, talk about asking for trouble. There was a tape there, was there? I must admit, I yeah. didn't pay too much attention. I thought, I thought there was a solid rail there. Maybe, maybe there was. Let me watch it again here. But it's it's set yeah. back from the yeah. anyway. No, no, it's a tape. It's a, it's, a, it's a tape essentially, and it's set oh, back right. from the from the natural running line. It's just we really strange way to set it up. Like talk what, about Oscar Delta, wasn't it? Oscar that was that was Jane's one, but there was there was another one much more recent that that brought yeah. it all up again. Um, it might have been um, a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, bef- on, before we move on to the topics, we should mention. Um, the enemy or friend of the show, Rafe Beckett, had a Group One double at the weekend on with uh, Angel Blow and Scope. So uh, good news for him. Hi, Ralphie. Oh, Ralphie. Group One. We we can we, call we, him we, Ralphie. We better mention we better mention third time lucky as well, mustn't we? That was um that, that was yeah. a big performance. Uh, got it got people got people got people very jiggy. <laughs> yeah. Two's for, twos for the Arkle seems a bit short at this stage though. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. But um, he, he was very um, good now. Jesus, he was quick and low yeah, and quick was. and impressive. But he it's was, October. Yeah. Let's calm um, down. A bit of yeah, just yeah. yeah. And we should mention probably James Ferguson had his first Group One winner. Um, at, um in uh, in France. In, in France as well. Yeah. Yeah, but he can beat in. Um, Aidan O'Brien's Stone Age. Well, I actually thought shaped quite well in six in the leg of there. So yeah, perhaps he's uh, perhaps he's got a horse to go for with in all the group ones next year as well. So yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a, a group one weekend for uh, that was England in St. Cloud, was it? In Australia. St. Cloud, Saint, right? St. Cloud, yeah. Good <laughs> yeah. stuff, good stuff. Um, right, gents. Did, it, did anyone, did, did either of you hear uh, John Gosden's interview on Radio yes. 4? Yes. Okay, yeah. TC, um, it was quite prickly. Um, he was very defensive about what he perceives to be, um, you know, the bias covered against racing overall and uh, the, the focus, as he thinks, of, of negative stories within the industry. Does he have a point, do you think, TC? And what did you make of the interview? Well, first things first. I thought he came across really badly in that in that interview. Now, Gary Richardson, uh, the interviewer, he mm. was a, it was a bit of a kid gloves in, uh, interview. I mean, he didn't go in hard. He didn't mention, you know, didn't mention, you know, the the, the jockeys have had problems in his in his yard uh, with, with drugs. But and even at the end, he he really had a little uh, quite a nasty little pop at him, just saying, "How dare you ask me about something that's in the news?" and Gary Richardson was nearly apologetic at the end, so I thought that was a little bit out of order. I mean, 
Fair play to him for going on. He could have said, no, I'm not going on. But it was a very tetchy interview about what was a newsworthy story. So, uh, but my issue, my issue with it, this is. I'm, I'm just sure. very quick, just very quickly, yeah. Tony, there was, there was a little bit of background kind of to the, that interview on the radio in that in the inquiry itself, Gosden um, made mention of a report that had appeared on the BBC website, I think. And it was basically kind of sensationalizing a little bit prior to the hearing, basically saying, you know, Gosden Horse fails drug test. He could lose his license. And I think he kind of made mention really? of that in the inquiry. Oh, didn't yeah. know about that. So he oh, made oh, mention oh. of that in the inquiry. He was clearly upset about that. And I think that's why he was seemed in bad form as soon as that interview started because I think he was out with the BBC um, coming into it. Because um, like you say, nothing, nothing Gary Richardson said I thought was, you know, out of line or, or justified yeah. the tetchiness, but I think the tetchiness was there before that interview started. All right, mate. It wasn't that 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 article wasn't referenced in the in the uh, in the interview. No, I, I just from what I heard, I just thought Gosden was a, a far too far too tetchy for his own good there. But if if there was some background to it, uh, then you know, then fair play. But I, I just thought in all of that. In all of this, um, all, all this incident, it's it just seems to be a set of very bad precedent. Now we all know, you know, ketamine wouldn't be the drug of choice for many, and cocaine would. And I'm just thinking, if if some common contamination took place between uh, a member of the stable staff and it was cocaine, and it was a performance enhancer, would you have thought that that argument would have, would have stood up against oh yeah it was a, a vulnerable employee uses drugs etc unnamed would, would that would that defense have, have, have stacked up if it was uh, like cocaine performance enhancer drug being found in a horse's uh, in a horse's system i just think art was, art was a different trainer yeah i mean it's like it's a it's a i just think it just stinks of a bad president if, for example, cocaine is found in a horse's system, you know, and which is not unheard of, if I come out and said, well, you know, it was a, a vulnerable member of staff, he's had his problems, we're not going to name him, um, you know, he, he kept he kept it in his wallet, it was a, you know, it was found, I, I just think they wouldn't buy it, would they? But if you but if you if you buy that argument for one drug, and, and it, like you said, they 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 said probably. And the horse's system that way. That argument wouldn't stack up if it was if it was a performance enhancing drug, would it? So I, I just don't get where the president leads us. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because like you said, I don't think it would have washed if it was cocaine, um, because cocaine can be a performance enhancer for horses. You know, a little, you know, a little bit old school. They used to do it all the time back in the day. Um, whereas ketamine. Yeah, you know, you wouldn't really be giving it to a, to a horse. Um, uh, Tranquilizer, ketamine is a tranquilizer. Yeah. yeah. Like um, say, they, that, this is a performance negative they found in the horse. So I can understand, you know, if, if, if the BBC was trying to sensationalise the story in an article before Gary Richards' interview, I can understand John being, you know, a, as he was. But, jeez, I mean, obviously, I would just say cocaine's about 100 times more prevalent in Newmarket than ketamine. And... If ketamine's getting to a horse's system through uh, a member of staff, then you think it's hundred times more likely, you know, this could be cocaine down the line. And if someone if someone rocks up and said, "Sorry, it's one of my my one of members of the staff who kept cocaine in his wallet and the you got in the horse's system like that," the BHA can't con- they can't just sign that off, can they? Just say, "Yeah, okay, these things happen. He's a vulnerable man." And I've got and I've got some issue with the vulnerable 
line being, being chucked in as well. I obviously don't know the guy, he's unnamed, but it just seemed unnecessary. If, you know, it seems, got seems a, a bit irrelevant really to the case, doesn't it? it completely mm. irrelevant. It's kind of like, why chuck in vulnerable? I mean, clearly, I mean, the whole case was just bizarre to read, wasn't it? You know, he's, um, you know, he, he uses cocaine at the weekends, you know. Last night, I heard, you know, stable staff work seven days a week. It, it just seemed, a, it was a bizarre um, case to read, but I, like I just said, we're about repeating myself, it's not, that argument would not have stood up if it had been cocaine instead of ketamine. I don't think so, any. Well, look, yeah. just one thing I'd say quickly here on this is because mm. when you get cases like this and there are kind of, you know, funny sorts of explanations for them I know they tend to get people tend to take the mick etc and say oh yeah of course that's what happened but you know it, it is worth bearing in mind that it is like very very easy for a horse to fail a test for for a, for, a, for any substance because those te that testing is hypersensitive like if you if you get like genuinely if you gave your hor a horse uh, prior to a race uh, a sup of coffee out of your mu out of your mug He'll test positive for cocaine. Uh, sorry for caffeine, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, Christ. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not letting you buy me a Starbucks, Blake. <laughs> but it, it, it's very, very sensitive. And the thing is, you know, if you're if you're dealing with the stable lad or, or lass that's tacking up the horse, you know, putting putting a bridle over a horse's head and putting a bit in its mouth, you know, if there is something on your fingers, you're you're gonna put your fingers are gonna be in their mouth. You know, things things gets absorbed really easily through through uh, horses are human gums you know it, it isn't as fanciful as as some as a lay person might think that these things might happen um because that testing for all that we, we often throw stones at the testing and racing like it is sensitive um and, and little seemingly innocuous things can lead you to something like this um and i know it's something that terrifies every trainer well most trainers with a license and why you know in terms of just basic stable management etc they're so careful of, of what goes into buckets and feed pots etc because it's, it's very easy to fail a test um, innocuously it is it is um the briny frost bha investigation and the allegations around robbie dunn has taken a bit of a, a turn again gents i know i saw hannah welsh um has come out a jockey I'm also claiming that Robbie Dunn swore at her uh, multiple times, left her in tears. Um, but, but equally as well, on the flip side of this, because of the, I guess, the newspaper attention that this has uh, thrown up over the last couple of weeks, another double um, page spread from David Walsh in the Sunday Times just gone. Um, there is now um, an argument that perhaps Robbie Dunn cannot get a fair hearing because of the coverage that this case has been given. Um, TC, it's, you know, I, I'm kind of raising my eyebrows at this. You know, obviously this has come out into the public domain. That We know that the documents we spoke about last week were leaked from the BHA. However, that managed to come out into, into the public domain. But is it really fair to suggest that now Robbie Dunn cannot get uh, due process because of the coverage around this case? Um, well, the PJ have come out on Monday morning and, and called for the matter to be brought to an end. Now, quite what that means, I don't know whether they just want this case to be, you know, brought out and settled one way or another as soon as possible, or the fact that they think it's been played out in public to such an extent that Robbie Dunn can't get a fair hearing because obviously anybody who's been reading the Sunday Times article, um, the alleged instances, you know, would have been pretty horrified from from what they've read. So. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out. I can't, I can't believe that the BHA can afford to actually just say, sorry, this has been leaked. It's not fair for Robbie Dunn, uh, et cetera, et cetera, going forward. Because 
it will just look, it will just look very very bad. Now, legally, that might be the way that this plays out. Robbie Dunn's lawyers could just say, look, given given that this is clearly prejudicial to any you know subsequent inquiry or or whatever, uh, that this this can't happen. But the BHA cannot let this. But uh, is let, it is it TC? Is it in the hands of the BHA? Um, you know, to determine the sanction here. So it's their investigation, right? And they will make yeah. a recommendation, and presumably they will dish out whatever punishment they deem necessary, if any at all, at the end of this. So I don't understand how now this coverage in the media will be prejudicial to what their investigation has—an investigation that's been ongoing now for some but, but, for some time. I think I think the issue here is if the BHA uh, judiciary panel haven't sat down. And actually gone through this all and and made the decision, mm. then clearly clearly there there might be issues there. But but certain journalists are getting a bit uppity that the fact that David Walsh has, has got this story. There's not one single person in that in 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 a racing press room that wouldn't have been like to leak this story and who would have run with it as David Walsh and the Sunday Times had. Now, we well, you have but I, I don't think I don't. I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know the legal ramifications of of this being played out in the Sunday Times. But for me, it's gone far too down the line for the BHA to just to just they they have to make their own their own ruling here, don't they? And, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's just a matter of consistency, isn't it? I mean, people people want these things to be to be hammered out. I mean, after last week's show when we mentioned um, what may or may not have been a sustained verbal assault on. And Dylan Brown at Monoborough at Ascot last week. I mean, and certain listeners have come, come, they came forward to me and, and presented me with, um, you know, chapter and verse about what happened, including in public areas where officials were there. Uh, and if, and if, you know, if if the media see that and say nothing, then there is a certain amount of hypocrisy involved here because you've you've got to be consistent across the board. And um, ITV had a discussion on the on the Dunn Frost scenario on uh, the opening show on Saturday morning, and I, I went back and had a look at it because he got a bit of a Twitter reaction there, and it wasn't it wasn't particularly adequate. And I think Rishi Pasadi was who was presenting it could have been a bit more uh, editorially robust with uh, Alice Plunkett and Luke Harvey, but yeah, it's it's it is very very messy when these things are played out in in public, and it clearly is not ideal. But any journalist worth his salt would have would have run with what David Walsh has got. If that really has prejudiced uh, any inquiry, so so Bronnie Frost's um, um, accusations and and her concerns just get thrown out because of it being leaked to the press, then I, I think that I think the sport's going to come in for even worse headlines if if that if if that's the case. There's no chance, Kevin, that will happen, though, is there? I mean, the BHA have oh, to I... have to adjudicate here. I don't know. I don't know you. You know. Uh, again, I'm not, a, not not don't have a legal background. But if they did decide to kick on and pass down a verdict, and purely hypothetically, Robbie Dunn got a got a ban of some sort. You know, uh, I know we've seen it in Ireland that there's been legal challenges to verdicts passed down by the IHRB and the Turf Club, and one would assume that might be an option for for that team because if 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 you put yourself in his boots. And I know that they won't be the most popular boots of the men, given what we've read in the paper. But you know, it, it would seem very unfair because the, the the it has played out in the public before. Presumably, the judicial panel have discussed his guilt or innocence, and if it's guilt, what punishment is is necessary. 
Um, and this is the type of thing that if it happened in, in the law courts, it, it would get flung out. You know, this, this is yeah. why mistrials yeah. happen. Jurors are found to have discussed the case with someone or read a paper about the case and the case is flung out. You know, big cases. You know, so again, I, I, I'm not completely off a with what's, what, what's in the court here in terms of options. Um, but this, this leak is just a nightmare. And it begs the I question, know, why, is, why this has taken so long, though, Kevin? Why is it taking well, so well, long? Look, well, look, right? we, we know why. It's just, well, we, I, 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 funny enough, I was speaking to someone who, who would be very, very off a with all these processes. And it, it's simply a case of the, these inquiries aren't like they used to be. And now you've got high-powered legal teams there that are going to pick up on the tiniest, tiniest issues. And if you want to go and get a, get a result... Everything has to be ticked down to the finest detail and it just takes time. And there's also manpower issues, I believe, with the BHA and, uh, and certainly with the IHRB in terms of being able to dedicate enough manpower, man hours to get these things to progress, given the amount of detail that's, that's required. And also, you've got to remember that the Chris Watts, the head of integrity at the time, who did, did the initial interviews, um, he's since left the BHA as well. Um, and if he if he's left, we don't know exactly when he left, but if it's a matter of a month ago, a month ago, that, that obviously that would impede any 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 mm. haste. But the leak um, here is the, the the leak here is the thing. I want to know who leaked it, and I want to know why they leaked it. Because if it was someone thinking they're helping Brian Frost, they're absolutely wrong. You know, I because this could get flung, uh, which which would be a terrible, terribly unsatisfactory conclusion. I think you know, for whatever guilt or innocence we're dealing with. Mm. You know, it, it, was, it was supposed to be heard and it was supposed to go through a fair process for everyone. And now this leak has absolutely thrown everything in the air for the sake obviously, of a, a few weeks. Yeah, it's something, for, it's something for another day anyway. But obviously the, the worry for the BHA is this leak, if it's one of many, I mean, if, if they've leaked something this incendiary, what else is the person who's leaked it to the, the Sunday Times or the Times group? Because Matt Lawton and the Times obviously... He, he he had a little exclusive last week as well, and you know about the second jockey being involved. Mm. I mean, if 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 someone at the BHA has given chapter and verse about forthcoming trials and investigations and stuff like that, I mean, where does this end? It is an is an absolute nightmare for the BHA. I I, I fully get that. Yeah, yeah, the fact that we're seeing jockeys, <laughs> present and former, feeling that they have to go to the press. To, to, to get their point across and get, and get some type of justice, it, it doesn't say a lot for the disciplinary processes that exist there. Because if, if everyone, if the representative bodies in the BHA were dealing with complaints properly, um, there would be no need to go to the press and have a play out like that. You know, so it, it raises many questions. Yeah. And as you said, if, if the time frames involved are unacceptable, are they? And, and, and it gives the, the, the more, the wider the scope for. The time frame, the, you know, the, the, the more likely you know things things do leak. We we know that in everyday life. Mm, absolutely. Um, okay, lads. Just before we go to the list of questions, Gordon Elliott had a winner obviously at the weekend at Do you know TC what the, was what kind of reaction it was to Gordon obviously being over there? The fact that he had a winner. Um, have people moved on now, or do people still give him a hard time? What's I, I wasn't. Like? I wasn't at Cheltenham, um, mm. and I didn't wasn't paying that much attention to the TV okay. coverage. To be perfectly honest with you, so so I don't know that. Obviously, I've read a few things on on social media and stuff like that, but. I don't think I don't think it would be a factor. Um, I, yeah, I, my yeah. timeline wasn't full up of you know 
yeah. you know, I hate Gordon, etc. You, I, you I do see a bit of it now. You see, like, we'll say, for example, uh, yeah. we'll say at the races, for example, when they tweet up um, a stable tour or anything Gordon related, they obviously have a huge amount of followers, wide range of people. You look, you look at the comments. You know, there's, there's still, there's uh, primarily in Britain, I dare say, and there does see, still seem to be plenty of people unwilling to to, to move on from it. Um, bloody so, Brits, Kev. Bloody well, Brits. I, 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 I'm a bloody Brit, and people should get over them. People should get over themselves about that. There are far, far more things to worry about. In fact, just, just today, I don't know if you read it. There's an uh, injured jockey funds update on Josh Moore, who's, you know, he's been sitting in the hospital for five days, waiting on a, waiting on, on an operation to to fix some stabilise some vertebrae in his back, and That's tough. five five days on, um, mm. five days, on, and he still hasn't got them. I mean, I've like for, I've I've been in. The Royal Marston this morning. I've got a um, MRI, a CT scan. I was in and out there in two hours. When the NHS is right, it's great. But obviously, Josh is experiencing the you know the the, the public face of, of the NHS now, and it's uh, just hopefully you'll uh, hopefully you'll get his up very soon because you're sitting in the hospital for five days, oh. and you've got dodgy vertebrae in your back that needs stabilising. It's, oh, it's uh, horrible. Just, horrible. Yeah, it's just like you know, it's it just where where. It's 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 not great. So hopefully by the time this this goes out, he'd have had his op. But um, you know they're talking about hopefully it'll be sorted in the next forty eight hours, and then you're going into weak territory. So it just shows you what the NHS is under pressure over here for very reasons. So yeah, hopefully wish Josh, you. you'll get sorted soon. Yeah, we wish you all the best, Josh, with your recovery as well. Okay, listener questions. Thanks as always for sending them in. Um, Tony Deacon, I can't believe this, Tony. Six pounds eighty for a Guinness at Cheltenham. That should give you twenty minutes. That's giving me a heart attack, Tony. Six pounds eighty for a pint at Cheltenham. Obviously, you were sending through uh, uh, screenshots of Guinness to our WhatsApp group last night. You, what were you paying in in Dublin for a pint of Guinness there last night? You can't pay for a drink. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Well, 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 well. The lads, the lads who were paying for the drink, Tony, had to pay five euro and fifty cent for. So it's five euro fifty for a pint of Guinness at my local. That's. Um, I tell you what, I, um, yeah. my son came here with my grandson a couple of weeks ago, and we just had a walk out with the baby. He said, "We'll stop in here for a drink." I think it was four quid in my local pub, uh, a pint of Guinness. Um, That's not bad. That's not bad. But yeah, so uh, look, uh, it's tied in for the next question as well. I was at Ascot last week and, you know, it's high prices, it's queues, it's you, you can't even get to the bar at certain racetracks. Oh. So uh, I, I put on, when, when this question came in, I, I just put on Twitter, you know, if you would have said a £10 for a pint of Guinness at Ascot with no weight the week before, people would have bitten your arm off. It was the queues. Really? Just oh, my massive. God. Oh, the queues were just hundreds long. Um, and Ben, ben uh, on that says as well, how can Ascot get service yeah. so wrong in such a big day like Champions Day? Surely we're meant to be encouraging people to the sport, not putting them off by average service. So that's just highlighting your point. I was, I was in there with... Um, I was in an area by the bandstand and uh, there were a lot of journalists there on their days off, including some... High-ranking ones, shall we say, in in in, in certain papers, uh, including marketing bods as well, something like that. And it was unbelievable. They were they were just they were just looking at the the, the queues and stuff, and just it, it was unacceptable. It really yeah. was. Yeah. But but we know why it happened. You know, I think the gasket uh, I read leading up to the meeting, like the staff was such a problem that they're literally recruiting from agencies like way up the country, like from Birmingham yeah, and Liverpool yeah, and Manchester Kev, and places. They just couldn't Kev, get them in. Kev, right. I, I, I basically pulled out from the bar. I went into a private area where I shouldn't have been in there, but I just went in there and, 
And, and a lot of people follow that throughout the afternoon. If you paid to get into a certain area, you, you were hard done by because literally it was just mobbed with the public. The people just couldn't stop them going in. Anyway, so I went in there. And for example, I got three bottles of wine. Now the markup on three, I paid which a hundred quid. So the markup on that must have been seventy quid. Pay these people twenty quid an hour to serve you. You'll get it back within the first person you serve. Don't yeah. pay them tenors. Don't pay them twelve quid. Don't pay them fifty. Pay them twenty quid. You'll get the bloody staff. I assure you. Exactly. It's exactly. short sighted. You'll get yeah, your money back from the first purchase they make or, the, or they exactly. take. Um, James Reynolds says, is Gosling right to have a pop at the BBC? Well, I guess we, we dealt with this one, James, for yep. being negative about racing, or should he shut the feck up and focus on getting his own house in order? Um, I think a, a bit of both there, really, um, is probably um, the answer. Um, Malati is in a great form and, and sends this wonderful uh, up, uh, uplifting uh, question to us. At what stage <laughs> does, does rating get a grip? Prize money, welfare concerns, drug problems, equine and human, bet restrictions, field sizes, disreputable owners, weighing room problems, gambling regulation, cost of production to bookmakers, race course violence, going to need a strong leader. Absolutely, Malati. And it doesn't sound like you're going to volunteer. Well, well, this, well, that's the, 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 the long and the short of it is summed up there in the, in the last line, Hugh isn't it going to need a strong leader but well, we can't get one because there is no position in British racing in particular where you could have the greatest leader of all time and put him in there it's not going to make a difference you know vacillating yeah. the BHA essentially has no power can't do anything you know, we, we've spoke about it. Well, it can do some things, but can do very little. You know, race courses holding a huge amount of power with all sorts of, you know, subdivided groups in there as well. You have the horsemen. You have the, you have the, you have so much. Like, it's an absolute mess. And wouldn't you just love if you could put someone very good into the top and what they say goes, and we might actually make some headway, but it just can't happen unless something, like as we've spoken about a few times in this program, unless something really, really disruptive happens in this sport um, which which will take you know probably billions rather than millions to to make it happen you know we're stuck in the tailspin here and there's no getting out of it yeah uh, anyway well, he, but that guy just sound like a, a happy chap that i like to go for a beer with yeah yeah he's right up your street tony you two we, we, oh my god we, we, can, have, we can have a moan off we can have a moan we're going to have a few six pound 80 pints of guinness lovely yeah. the moan off <laughs> The moan off with Malotti and Calvin, I love it. Andy Long says, where's Smithy and his highlighter disappeared? So, yeah, is, it, is I, Smithy um, gone? Is, yeah. uh, I, I texted him this morning, he got back to me. He said he's, uh, he's taking a break from Twitter, but he was at, he was at Wing Canton yesterday. Mm. Uh, surprise, surprise, he won money there, uh, the after-timer. But, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be back soon, but, uh, yeah, he's been taking a break, but uh, he's all good. Okay, good stuff. Great to hear. Um, Brian Messett says, why did jocks go anywhere near the inside rail tape after uh, the last on Cheltenham's uh, chase course? Media folk comment on horses remembering where they've come out onto courses, sometimes ducking back in. Surely it's the same with doing laps than being asked to go straight on. Yeah, we kind of touched on this with the tape. It's a problem. They just need to get this sorted. They need to get this sorted like as a matter of urgency. Well, they had it. It was done. They, they, they came with a solution and they had it. But I'm assuming staff issues were the reason they hadn't been doing it because if you saw yeah. it panning out like at Cheltenham, like as soon as the horses go by that area like there's a bunch of people literally carrying a rail out across to um to, to put it in place so maybe they didn't have the staff to do it but even I, I, I thought again I'm not, you're always open to correction from people that are have more information available to you but as a layman looking at the way they set that up it just looked particularly stupid um, and I was asking for trouble knowing the way as as the as, our, as Brian says knowing the way horses behave you know to, to not have it flush 
with, with, with the, the line of racing is to have laid back from that was just makes zero sense to me anyway open to correction please get in touch someone from Cheltenham if there was a perfectly reasonable reason for doing it but I doubt it Kobe's um, got a lot to answer for can't get a drink and can't get a truly run race oh. absolutely when does it end it's race well. Stephen Cunningham says did STD go too early oh this lordy is, uh, this is Sam Tristan Javis on um, on Dan Barber's on Jane, excellent, on the hollow ginger. Excellent tip, the hollow ginger. Uh, I mean, what, what could he do? What could he do? Like in trade well, he <laughs> traded, <laughs> traded at 108 in running. Um, the latest in the line of Barber 100 something in running horses getting beat. I mean, that, that guy, all you have to do to make a fortune in this game is back to lay Dan Barber's selections. <laughs> back him at 20 to 1, put him into Lamb at 1.1 or something like <laughs> you that. You made your profit. And, and, and you'll have a 19 grand green, whatever happens. Oh. I mean, that and then, and, and then if, you're, if you're a good human being, take some of your winnings, withdraw them from your bank account and use them to wipe down Dan Barber's tears. Oh, <laughs> and if you're a bad person, just go and drink his tears. Nom, nom, oh. nom. In fairness, it's a twist. Dan, we felt for you. What a, what, a, yeah, what, a, what a man he has to take that. Oh, that was rough. That was, was rough. Tough. It was tough, 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 tough. Craig Shaw says, should we be bringing anything uh, into the seeming increase in outside owners at Ballydoyle, i.e. Uh, Vesterberg, Peter Branch, um, would they retain an interest in horses' stallion earnings once their racing careers are over, bearing in mind uh, the Alex Ferguson Rocker Gibraltar Ferrari? Um, yeah, look, they've, they've always been there. There's always been, you know, I know we're, we're used to, I suppose, the three main Coolmore partners for, for probably 20 years now, but there's always been others involved over the years some come some stayed for longer than others but um it's i wouldn't be reading into it as such they're big players they want to get involved in the biggest stages and you know where better and what assumes if if they end up with a stallion prospect and um, they, they'd be keen to stay in so again that's one mm. for the, them all to work out behind closed doors but um yeah okay. it's not, nothing nothing unusual about it. it's been happening for as long as bally doyle's been been there Lovely. Phil L says, random one. There's probably a way of working this out, but in pure distance and furlongs, how far would a 140 rated flat horse, example Frankel, beat a 45 rated horse by over a mile? Right, come Phil, on, guess. I've, wor- I, I've worked this out. Go on, have a guess. Three, three quarters of a mile. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say, I would say half a furlong. Oh, um, in lengths, in lengths, the animals, come on. Or lengths, oh, I go, I'd what's say... What's 110 I, yards in lengths? I don't know, I don't know. I'd, have, I'd, have, to go, I'd, have, I'd have to go away and work that out as a again. Right, okay, I'm, I'm going to say 300 lengths. Okay, uh, so over a mile in a well-run race, you'd be given about £2.5 per length. We're yeah. talking about £95 of a difference here. 95 yeah. divided by 2.5, 38. Is that all? I reckon if you if you if you quiz people on that, no one would go anywhere near thirty eight. They'd all be way what, bigger. If if thirty eight was a midpoint of your spread, if you went something like thirty seven oh. to forty, you you wouldn't get many sellers at thirty seven. I assure you. In fact, it is, but it does, it's mad when you think about it. Like like it the is. greatest horse of all time and a bottom of a barrel yoke, and at the end of a mile, there's only thirty eight legs between them. It, it just it just really hammers home the margins, like how tight of a margin game this is. 
Yeah. If I went to the Moscow be... Olympics and ran against Mos- uh, Sebco, <laughs> it would have been more than it would have been more than thirty-eight <laughs> bloody lengths. I assure you. <laughs> you do it with the bar afterwards, though, TC. Uh, the goat says, "Would you be wary of the fact that the Vertem for surety was run almost two seconds slower than McSweeney ran on heavy ground last year, and it was one of the slowest renewals in a while?" Is that a, a stick to beat Luxembourg with? No, really, no, really. I, I, I think it's it could even be a positive because I think he might he might have been even more impressive in in a more strongly run race on better ground so mm. no I wouldn't uh, use that as a stick to beat him with Okay, Mark Sugar says any justification in Cheltenham the jockey club ramping up admission prices £10, £15 minimum for the festival post-Covid to my knowledge not happened in any other race courses Newbury by contrast have very fair pricing for the Labrooks Trophy two day meeting yeah, it's, it's um, expensive to go racing in England. You know, we, we get people yeah. complaining about the price of racing in Ireland, and it's it's multiples higher in the UK. Um, and so look, I suppose it's a, it's a free market. You don't have to pay yeah. for it if you don't want to, but it does seem yeah. a bit um, does seem well, a bit. Colin Beach says the same thing. It's sheer greed. They ramped up uh, ten pounds tattersalls for walk ups boat yesterday and today. Uh, twenty-five pounds in advance uh, to thirty-five pounds the other day. The worst thing is that on the day price was not published on the website. But that's a bit of a that's a bit of a blow if you don't know what you're paying in before you go and you arrive up and it's like thirty-five pounds. Having made the effort to get nice. there, you know. It's, yeah. uh, I know people come out with surveys and say other other days out and sporting events is just as expensive. But you know, admission costs. Mm. Just the price of food and drink at a racetrack. It is it's, yeah. it's yeah. staggering. It really is um, bad. Yeah, the GOAT says, um, again, why do European trainers, two more and we're finished, two, why do European trainers like Jason, uh, Joseph O'Brien uh, successfully send horses to race in Australia but very rarely to go to Japan where prize money is so good, Kev? Is, that a, is there a reason for um, that? Like- well, there is a reason. Japan has been considered with a few different horses over the years, but it's like it's not just the prize money thing. You're weighing up the opposition as well, and like like Japan at the, those sort of trips is is stronger than Australia, you know. So you you're you're like it's not just a willy nilly thing. Now we go very deep in terms of the the research and these like, and you're weighing up the ratio of prize money to to likely quality you're going to run into before you before you start targeting these things and, and Japan I, personally I'd have a huge amount of respect for Japan those big races there's often huge fields in them as well It's it, the money's fabulous but geez, it's a very hard one Is there a protectionist element as well is, or, you, or do they welcome European runners? Japan there'd, be, there'd only be a handful of races there'd only be a handful of races really that you, that you could have a crack at but they, they are huge money like your Japan Cups and that but they, they are fierce like they, they are really really tough to win um, yeah. Not like the Cox Plate, okay. which sure anyone can anyone can win those. <laughs> are, you li- are you listening, Tim Carroll? Go are on, Tim. Listening? Go on, the night watchman. Go on, the night watchman. Go on, play the test. Uh, those Irish are like water, lads. You never keep us out. Well, <laughs> we leave it on this one. Alex Dunnigan says, "Could Kevin Blake handle himself on a session with Calvin and Hugh?" Well, Kev, could you handle yourself? Do you reckon? Is that a boxing session or a drinking session? Because I probably fare better in one than the other. (laughs) Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Come on the Tinkle Creek meeting. We'll we'll give a video. Oh, Lord. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. But you lads will. Listen, lads, thanks a million, as always, to Kevin and to Tony Calvin. Uh, Thank you to all the listeners who sent in their questions. We do appreciate it. We're back with Racing Only Better on Friday. Looking ahead to next weekend. Until then, have a good week.